0: We're going somewhere dark, somewhere dangerous. Most people would never dare enter the place we're going. There's no telling what horrors we'll find, what terrors we'll uncover. Don't say I didn't warn you. We might discover terrible monsters lurking there. Be careful, they could follow you out. Or maybe they're already inside you. Are you afraid? Good. Now you are ready to enter the warning woods. Okay, Mom, calm down. I can't understand you. Shay took his phone off of speaker and raised it to his ear, waving off the intern, Alex, who had entered his office with a fat manila folder tucked under her arm. Alex backed out and closed the door. Now say it again. A package for me got lost in the mail? His mother, Valerie, said, No, no, no. It's Chancey. Don't you remember Chancey? The battered, genderless baby doll from his early childhood? The one he had named after a Pokemon? Shay vaguely remembered Chansey, as well as any child remembers an old toy like that. But the reference did not help him understand his mother's trembling voice, her audible tears, or the nonsense she had been sputtering for the past two minutes. Two minutes he could have spent on something useful. Somebody mailed you a doll I had when I was a kid? Is that it? Mom, help me understand here. "'Not me,' Valerie whispered. "'It's looking for you.' "'What? Who is looking for me, Mom? Come on, I'm just trying to understand.' Shay paused and softened his tone. "'Okay, let's start with a simple yes or no question. Are you in danger?' "'I'm trying to warn—' "'Yes or no, Mom? Are you in danger?' No. Okay, then let's try to figure this out. Somebody sent you my old chancy doll? Valerie sucked in a sharp, trembling gasp. It's the third time he's shown up here. Why? Why would someone do that, Mom? It's not someone. It's the doll, Shay. The doll keeps finding its way back here. Don't you remember why we got rid of it? Shay checked his watch and said, "'I'm sorry, Mom, I don't. Hey, I need to get going on some stuff here. Did the package come from the Postal Service?' "'Yes,' Valerie sniffled. "'Did you open it?' "'No, not this time.'" Shay cradled his forehead between his thumb and index finger as he rested his elbow on his immaculate desk. "'So how do you know it's the doll in there?' he asked. "'If you haven't opened it, how do you know?' I just know, Shay." Shay rolled his eyes. Mom, no. You're freaking out because you think my old doll is inside your delivery? I can hear it, she whispered. Shay's forehead gathered in waves as he tried to remember if his old doll had made any noises. He didn't think so. As far as he could remember, it was just an old plastic baby doll with curly blonde hair that had quickly gotten matted. Then Valerie whispered, It talks to me. Mom, stop, All right, Stop it. He set the phone down in front of himself and put it back on speaker. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna take that package, do not open it, and go down to the post office. You're gonna tell them you're refusing delivery, got it? They'll return it to the sender without charging anybody. He cocked his head slightly, then asked, Who's the package from, anyway? Valerie replied, There's no return address anywhere. A twinge cramped the back of Shay's neck momentarily, as if one of the tendons near his skull had been plucked like a guitar string. He winced, wondering where that sensation had come from. After opening his mouth to speak, he changed his mind. His teeth clicked together, and he leaned back to think. Shay? Valerie asked softly. I'm here, Mom, Shay replied. He sounded thoughtful now. Hey, where's the package now? In the entryway. I shouldn't have even brought it inside, but I didn't realize- It's okay, it's all right. Why am I feeling nervous all of a sudden? Shay asked himself. Was he just mirroring his mother? Mom, I'm gonna come over there. I'll take that thing down to the post office for you, and that'll be the end of it. Sound good? I- you shouldn't- Mom, stop. I'll be there soon. Shay hung up before his mother could keep talking. He called the intern and told her to scatter his remaining meetings throughout the rest of the week. He was taking the afternoon off. The leather in Shay's Mercedes still smelled new. The rich scent bloomed around him as Shay slumped in his seat, buckled up, and braced himself for the return home. He hadn't been back in a couple of years. Valerie came to stay with him from time to time, but she never asked him to come back. He supposed he could have offered to at some point, but after he had moved out, he always felt uneasy about going back. That was especially true today. Shea racked his brain as he drove, exploring the connection between his old doll and the familiar anxiety which now coursed through him. He had not earned his position as head of risk management and compliance at Hubble United Bank by acting irrationally. So why was he driving two hours out of town to help his mom get rid of a random package? Because it wasn't a random package, he knew. Voices from his past were screaming at him. He could almost hear them if he listened, but they sounded like they were underwater or behind glass. He could, however, detect their concerned urgency. I'm being thorough, he told himself out loud. Just gotta help mom get her head right. His knuckles paled on the steering wheel. Eric, from Corporate Audit Services, called him 30 minutes into the drive. Shay answered. Before Shay's hand had even returned to the wheel, Eric was saying, Excuse me, you're bumping our two o'clock? Hey, Eric, Shay said, trying to sound strong but apologetic. Yeah, I'm sorry I had to do that, but something important came up. More important than making sure a national bank's audits are in compliance with federal restrictions? A bead of sweat trickled down Shay's temple. He said, No, of course not. It's just that this. Shay? Eric interrupted. Don't worry, brother. I don't even know what any of that means. Don't go telling anybody, but I do not belong with these corporate chumps. I don't know how I got hired here, to be honest. Shay laughed, albeit nervously. Eric said, For real, though, everything good? You straight? Yeah, man, I'm straight. Shay finally relaxed. He and Eric had met in the lobby when they were both interviewing for different positions at the bank. They quickly became good friends, absorbing the company culture while keeping each other grounded outside the world of credit, compound interest, and investments. Between you and me, it's my mom, Shay continued. She's all riled up about some package she got. A package? Mm hmm. Well, I don't know about that, but if it's your mom, You do what you gotta do, all right? I'll cover for you here. Yeah, you don't have to do that, Shay replied, smirking. Just don't break any regulations while I'm gone, all right? If I do, I'm blaming you for canceling our two o'clock, said Eric. You do that, Shay laughed. Hey, thanks for checking in, man. means a lot. Eric said, Anytime. Drive safe, because somebody's got to explain this legal junk to me, and I swear to God if it's got to be Alex- Bye, Eric. Shay hung up. Talking to his friend made him feel much better. He had been letting so much pressure build up, to release some of it was liberating. He wondered what Eric would say if he had explained the whole situation. He was probably too polite to actually call Shay's mom crazy, but he would definitely think… A clear vision suddenly invaded Shay's mind, overpowering every other thought. He pictured his old room, the way it looked when he had been a child. He saw a young boy sitting across from him, maybe six years old. There was a doll between himself and this other boy, and the boy looked afraid. The doll's body was facing Shay, but its head was turned all the way around so it was looking at the boy across from him. Shay could not see its face, only the matted back of its head. Across from him, the boy was staring at the doll with wide eyes. His capillaries looked abnormally bright, a vivid red, as they crept closer and closer to his pupils like snakes. Shea watched helplessly as the capillaries in the boy's eyes started bursting one by one. Red pooled in the whites of the boy's eyes as the veins in his neck bulged. He started jerking spastically, then his whole body tipped back past his center of gravity. He should have fallen onto his back, but something kept him upright, spasming and choking. The boy suddenly rocketed forward, coughing violently as he tried to suck air into his lungs. Shay tried to help him, but when he moved, the doll's head spun around and its gaze held him in place. The boy slid away and shakily rose to his knees. He looked back at Shay with a mixture of terror and sadness. His eyes were blood red to the irises. When Shay looked down at the doll again, he saw its eyes had gone red too. The vision faded. Shay's attention returned just in time for him to notice a rapidly approaching stop sign. He slammed on the brakes, skidding to a jolting stop five feet into the intersection. He sat there, rubbing his eyes, before continuing. After he started rolling again, he slapped himself in the cheek, hoping that would shake whatever had infected his mind. No more visions threatened his safety before he arrived, unscathed, in his mother's driveway. She met him on the porch. It's just inside, she said anxiously. Shutting his door, Shay replied, Jeez, Mom, it's good to see you too. And the house, the house is... I don't want to waste any time, son. Suddenly, the nervousness was gone, and Valerie sounded as commanding as Shay remembered. Yes, ma'am. He shuffled up to the porch and his mother let him inside the house. Sitting obtrusively just past the doormat, the small package loomed. "'I haven't touched it since I realized what it was,' Valerie said. Shay crouched to examine it. "'Careful now,' Valerie warned. "'It's been affecting me already.' Shay placed his hand on the floor and leaned over the box to examine the postmark. He avoided touching the package out of respect for his mother's fear. He felt a ping of guilt as he wondered whether he was really protecting her or just enabling her paranoia. The package had been stamped the previous day. Shay struggled to read every letter of the postmark, but he could make out enough to be almost certain what it said. Mom, he said, pushing himself off the floor. He looked his mother in her eyes, searching them for anything unspoken. This was sent from the post office here why would someone in town mail you a package instead of just dropping it off? They did drop it off last time, she said. Shay saw hopeless honesty in her eyes. Who? he asked. A stranger, Valerie answered. He rang the bell and left it on the porch. It still has this address etched into its feet. Another lost memory surfaced behind Shay's vision running his thumbs over the bumpy etchings in Chansey's feet while he lay in bed at night. The right foot read, 1435, and the left, Mill Street. His mother had etched the street address into the doll's feet after Shay had accidentally left it in a park overnight. It had still been there the following morning when she led young Shay on a tearful search. "'We should scratch that out,' Shay said. "'We can't just have strangers coming to the house, Mom.' you're totally alone here. I destroyed the address last time, Valerie said. Then she led him into the house. She said, Come, before you do anything with that package, I need to tell you everything. In the den, Valerie described her first reunion with Chancey. She explained how she had turned Chancey over to a local Methodist pastor back when Shea was six. She thought the pastor would treat the doll and its threatening evil wisely, but somehow, It showed up on her doorstep more than twenty years later, in the hands of a complete stranger. She said the first thing she did was bring a nail file outside, she didn't dare bring the doll in, and scraped the address off its feet. Why I did that first, I cannot say, she said, but it was a waste of time. The next thing she had done with the doll was toss it onto her charcoal grill and start a fire beneath it. It caught quickly and burned with a raging heat. She put the lid on the grill, but the abnormal and unbearable heat still made her turn away. And when her back was turned, the grill spilled over. Hot coals scattered everywhere, some of them even still on fire. And that doll of yours was lying right in the middle of them all, untouched. And worst of all, our address had grown back. It was like the flames healed him, Shay. They resurrected him like Lazarus. Shay tucked his tongue against his teeth and looked down. That seals it, he thought. She's lost her damn mind. He didn't feel like he could trust or believe anything she said now. Not that she would lie to him. No, that was the saddest part of all. She obviously believed every word of what she said. His mother was living in a terrifying fantasy where a doll with magic powers was coming after her. Mom? Shay spoke shakily. "'Do you... have you talked to any friends about this? Like, is there anybody who can help, uh...?' "'You really don't remember, do you?' Valerie asked. Shay looked up. "'Remember what, Mom?' She scoffed. "'You think I can't tell when my own child doesn't believe me? Boy, you have my eyes. Neither one of us can hide a thing, not from each other.' Shay looked down again, this time in shame. He felt the same guilt he remembered from childhood whenever he had tried to lie to his mother. You're right, Mom, you're right. Put yourself in my shoes, though. Would you believe me if I was telling you all this stuff? I would believe you, Valerie answered, cool and calm, because you were my son, and you would have no reason to lie to me. A condemning silence fell between them. Valerie let it linger, watching her son's mouth twitch as he processed her cutting words. He tried to speak twice, but decided his words would only sound like accusations. "'Do me a favor,' Valerie said, still serene. Shay looked at her with shallowly brimming eyes. "'Before you cart me off to the home, walk around the house. See if you can remember.' "'What do you want me to remember?' Shay asked earnestly. "'I can't tell you that,' she replied. "'You have to find it on your own. The memories are here.' scattered all around. Remember, and you will understand. Fair enough, Shay said. He gave his mother a small, unreturned smile. She said, I'll wait here. Come back when you're ready. Once safely on the other end of the house, Shay ducked into the laundry room and called Eric. He needed to talk to someone with an outside perspective. Eric answered and listened as Shay told him everything his mother had said since he had arrived at the house. And you still don't even know what's in the package? Eric asked after Shay finished. I mean, she's pretty convinced it's my old doll, but I haven't seen it yet. Man, you gotta open up that box and take a look. What if you go through all this just to find out it's something she forgot she bought off eBay? It came from here in town, Shay said. It got postmarked at the local post office huh Eric went quiet for a second then asked you thinking she mailed it to herself Shay's jaw slackened he had not considered that but it made perfect sense his mother could have taken the package to the post office herself and mailed it back to the house but why for attention to bring Shay back home for a while well it had worked whether or not he believed her he had come home ''Yeah, I, uh... I hadn't thought of that,'' Shay answered. Eric groaned and said, "Oh man, I'm sorry. Seriously, I shouldn't... I mean, I don't... She's your mom. I can't tell you what's going on with her, you know?'' Shay said, ''Thanks, but I think you might be right. Mostly because mom seems different than before. I thought I'd have more time before...'' ''Yeah, my uncle got that Alzheimer's real early.'' It came on quick once it got going. After a pause, Shay asked, Hey, do you think it's smart for me to go along with this right now? Am I going to make it worse? Eric replied, Nah, if it helps her feel better, go with it. Get her calmed down and work out the rest later. Don't forget who she was, alright? It gets tough to still... I can't believe I'm actually saying this out loud. But for me, it it got tough to love my uncle once the man I knew was basically gone. Good advice. I appreciate it, Shay said. He ended the conversation with, Sorry about your uncle. I'll keep in touch. Hopefully I can still get to the office tomorrow so we can sit down. I don't care what we meet about. I just need something to get my mind off all this. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz, and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. With a new sense of duty, Shea began his quest to rediscover his childhood memories, the ones he had apparently buried too deep to recall on his own. He worried his mind had a good reason to safeguard those particular memories, but maybe he was finally ready to face them. Or maybe, probably, nothing would come to mind at all. Already in the laundry room, he started there. The old vertical washer and dryer combo, in the corner, was the same one that had been there when he was a kid. He had entered the laundry room very little as a child, only when he needed to get socks or a jersey out of the dryer for baseball practice or something like that. It held no memories for him. He moved on to the main bathroom, which was the first room on the right side of the hallway. He flipped on the light, taking the small room in. This one had certainly changed since his childhood and at least once since he had moved out. The walls had been stripped and painted. Where there had previously been a small counter, there was now just a pedestal sink. And of course, the shower curtain had been exchanged with one that complemented the new walls. The old one had been... white, with yellow, red, and blue polka dots scattered randomly across. Some of the dots overlapped. They varied in size, but Shay did not remember the bright, fresh outside of the curtain as much as he did the inside, muddled by the semi-opaque inner lining. This was the side he had always stared at when taking a bath. He had always closed the curtain when he took baths, he remembered. He approached and retracted the current curtain a little to look in at the tiny tub behind it. He remembered it had made him feel claustrophobic, a condition from which he still suffered mildly. He hadn't wanted to be seen. That's why he had always closed the curtain. Now he remembered glancing frequently at the two corners of the tub which touched the ends of the curtain to make sure nothing was peeking through. Had that ever happened? Wait. Wait. Am I really uncovering something here? Shay asked himself. He had almost forgotten he was exploring for his mother's sake and not his own. He took a deep breath to clear his mind, shut off the light, and left the bathroom behind. His mother's room, the master bedroom, was the next room on the right side of the hall, all the way at the end. The door was closed the way it had always been when he was a kid. His mother had always treated her room as a sanctuary. Upon opening the door, Shea smelled the incense Valerie burned sometimes when she performed marathon prayers. He also detected the medicated scent of her skin cream and, lingering like a ghost, a wisp of perfume. It was the latter which unearthed his next memory. He had not been allowed in the room for just any reason when he was a kid, but he received a clear vision of bursting through the door and seeing his mother applying mascara in the vanity mirror near the foot of her bed. He remembered her reflection's harsh eyes zeroing in on him. He remembered how those eyes softened when they saw how scared he was. "'You gonna tell me what happened, or just pant like a dog?' she had asked him, her voice cool but commanding. "'I don't want Chansey anymore,' young Shay had panted. The memory played like a movie projected behind adult Shay's eyes. He stepped away from the door and sat on his mother's bed to watch the rest." Young Shay's back slid further and further down the door as he waited for his mother to finish applying her mascara. By the time she did, he was sitting on the floor. Valerie spun on her stool, addressing her child with a comforting gaze. She asked, Is this because of the other day? I told you Pedro is epileptic. That means he can have seizures sometimes. I know it must have been scary to see, but the doctors took care of him. They're good at that sort of thing. The boy Shay had seen while driving, the one with the red scleras, flashed before him. He hadn't appeared in Shay's mind as part of the memory. He had appeared in the room like a ghost. Shay jumped off the bed and grabbed the doorknob. He left the master bedroom and whatever dark memories it contained behind. Mom? The next room would have been his old bedroom, but Shay was ready to wrap up the tour early. He'd had enough of the mind games. It was time to handle the real problem, starting with the unopened package sitting by the front door. Mom. Why wasn't she answering him? Shea briskly entered the den. His mother was not where he had left her. She wasn't in the kitchen, either. I'm down here, son. Her muffled voice came from below. From the basement. The basement was little more than a utility space much consumed by a narrow, dirt crawlspace. When Shay was a kid, Valerie would not even use it for storage because it got so damp. Anything stored there for more than a week would get ruined. So why was his mom down there now? He went to the top of the stairs. Mom, are you down there? He called. He heard her feet shuffle on the concrete floor. Yes, in the basement, Valerie replied. You should come see what I've done with it. She sounded so cheerful all of the sudden. Another sign of illness, Shay wondered. He had a sinking feeling that she had not actually done anything with the basement. He braced himself for the image of his mother sitting in a cobwebbed rocking chair or a musty couch or something. "'Coming down,' he said, expressing more enthusiasm than he felt. The basement had just been too dark and shadowy for him as a kid. The crawl space had really freaked him out too. It looked like a cave where bats might live, and it was impossible to see all the way to the back without a flashlight. Shay checked his pocket to make sure his phone was still there. The same sturdy stares from his childhood absorbed his now much greater footsteps. The familiarity of their groans unsettled him further. Shay, is that you? Valerie called. She sounded lost again, and Shay quickened his pace as he answered her. Daylight snuck through the egress windows, giving the mildewy basement a gray, highly contrasted hue. Shay saw his mother standing in her pink dress directly across from him, her arms outstretched as if to embrace him. Really, she was gesturing to the basement at large. The basement, which had not changed in the slightest. Shay decided to finally confront her delusions head on. It's just like it always was, he said. She cocked her head slightly and asked, What do you mean? The basement, mom. You said I should see what you did with it, but it's exactly the same. What about that? She asked. She raised her hand laterally, pointing at the crawlspace. One of her eyebrows raised in inquisitive excitement. Shay squinted into the dark crawlspace, but he could only see the first few inches before everything became a blurry shadow. He looked back at his mom, and saw she was still pointing. Now she was smiling warmly, too, and bouncing on her heels like an antsy toddler. He subtly rolled his eyes and pulled out his phone to use the flashlight. His light, shown into the crawlspace, reflected off of a white bracelet. Wait, no, not a bracelet. A broken set of pearly teeth and the upturned whites of two eyes shone back at him. The body had been so brutalized that at first, Shay didn't realize what he was looking at. It appeared to have been smashed into the crawlspace one brutal blow at a time. Bones had been pulverized, skin twisted, stretched, and torn, and every inch was painted in blackened blood. Shreds of a pink dress, now stained orange, wove in and out of the sinewy tissues. The mangled, contorted corpse belonged to his mother. Shay tripped backwards and dropped his phone. The Valerie he had been talking to, the one that led him down there, the one that had brought him to the house, was gone. Shay scrambled to pick up his phone and stand. He whispered an apology to his mother's remains, which had been reabsorbed in the shadows. Then ran up the stairs. The box, the package on which his pretense he had been dragged here, now sat at the top of the stairs. Nothing else about it had changed. Shea punted it out of the way. The box made a metallic jingle when it landed, four feet away. Shea charged straight to the front door. He had to get out of the house. He had to get away from the house, from whatever was in that box. His hand reached for the hooks hanging on the wall by the door before he noticed they were all empty. His and his mother's keys had all disappeared. Behind him, the box jingled again. Shay did not think, just acted. Thoughts were just obstacles now, reason a hindrance. Nothing made sense anymore, so rationalization and logic were useless. He darted to the kitchen for a knife and returned to slice the box open. He fell to his knees in front of it and slid the knife under its flaps. His mother had always kept her knife sharp, and this one slid through the tape as if it wasn't there. His mother. His sweet, lonely mother. Shay forced back tears as he slid the knife along the middle, separating the two long flaps which hid the box's contents. They popped apart as if they couldn't wait to get away from what was inside. Cloudy layers of bubble wrap bulged upward. Shay tore them out, first one at a time, then, when it seemed the layers never ended, by grabbing fistfuls and tossing them away. Numerous sheets of bubble wrap lay beneath each one he threw away. Shay looked up briefly, noting the impossible amount of packing material strewn about the room. It was enough to fill two or three boxes the size of the one in front of him, yet the box looked no emptier than it had when he first opened it. With an enraged howl, Shay threw the package in the air, making it flip and land upside down on the carpet. Shea lifted it and shook. A reasonable amount of bubble wrap fell out, then one set of keys, followed by another, and, at last, the keys to Shay's Mercedes hit the floor. Chansey landed right on top of them. The old doll really had been inside the box, but had it orchestrated the rest? Was it responsible for crushing his mother? These were questions Shay brushed aside to focus on getting out. The doll had landed on its back, staring up at Shay with open eyes. Chansey's eyes, like many baby dolls, were weighted to close when he was laid down, creating the illusion of sleep. But Chansey's eyes were wide open as he lay at Shay's feet. They were glossy and dead. One had a deep, white scratch running diagonally across the middle. Shay cursed at Chansey and kicked the doll into the den before he reached for his keys. Chansey landed heavily, and at the moment Shay heard the doll hit the floor, he felt an impact on the side of his ribs that sent him sprawling. Trying to regain his breath, Shay felt powerless, which resurrected another childhood memory. Floating, floating above his bed. He remembered waking up in the middle of the night and seeing the ceiling just inches from his nose. He remembered his arms and legs swimming with no resistance as he struggled to free himself. He remembered Chansey laying across the room, staring blankly with his eyes open. Shay had screamed and heard his mother come running, only to have the door slammed in her face after she opened it. He remembered her breaking in anyway, his brave mother. He remembered falling onto his bed as she entered the room. In the present, Shay crawled, fighting against the throbbing pain in his ribs. It hurt to breathe. As he passed the basement, the door swung at him. The bottom of the door scraped over the tops of his fingers, and the edge connected right next to his left ear. The gap between the door and the floor was so small, Shay struggled to free his trapped hand from it. He skinned two knuckles, loosening them from beneath the door. As soon as his hand was free, the door swung at him again. This time he dodged. The evasion left him facing the basement stairs. Reaching for the doorframe, he tried to stand, but his screaming ribs paralyzed him in agony. A blunt impact rocked the back of Shay's head, splitting his vision in two before it morphed back together in strange colorless shapes. He tried to stand again, and nearly vomited from pain and the nausea caused by the swimming shapes all around him. He stumbled and fell onto his hip, his back to the basement. His mother, perfect and whole, morphed out of the swimming shapes. He recognized her pink dress first, then her comforting face. Stay, stay back. You're not- Shay found he could barely feel his mouth, let alone use it. Shh, the thing disguised as Valerie said. It reached down and stroked Shay's cheek. It said, Didn't you miss me? I've been looking for you. A devastating kick, far more powerful than Shay's real mother could have managed, caught Shay square in the chest. He heard and felt his sternum crunch before he went sprawling down the stairs. He hit the bottom, broken and bloodied, just like his mother. As the door slowly swung shut, blocking out the light from upstairs, Shay released his final, torturous breath. Eric started feeling concerned when he didn't hear from Shay again that day. His concern grew when Shay still neglected to call or text the following day. Eric's concern eventually led to a police officer knocking on the door at 1435 Mill Street around four in the afternoon. An elderly woman in a pink dress answered the door, smiling at him. "'Hello, officer,' she said. Then her smile evaporated. "'It isn't my Shay, is it? It's not my boy?' The officer introduced himself, then said, I am sort of here because of your son. One of his friends said he came by here a couple days ago and hasn't been heard from since. The smile reappeared on the woman's face as she started to laugh. Hasn't been heard from? Why, my son hasn't gotten off of his silly phone since he got here. He thinks he's some kind of big shot now. See that Mercedes in the driveway? That's his own personal car. Very nice, ma'am said the officer, observing the expensive looking car. So he's here then. May I speak with him for a minute? Shay? No, I'm sorry. He found his old bicycle in the garage and took it out to see if it still works all right. If you drive around, you might... Oh, hi, Phil. The officer turned to see a letter carrier coming up the walkway. Afternoon, Valerie, said Phil, the letter carrier. Um, when your son comes back, please have him call the non-emergency number and ask for Officer Todd. I'd just like to confirm that he's all right and ask him to contact his buddy, said the officer. The woman may or may not have heard him. She was turning around to grab something before the letter carrier reached her. I'm sorry, officer, just a moment, she said. She handed a package over to Phil, and he begrudgingly accepted it. Would you please take this for me? You know how hard it is for me to get out of the house, she said. Phil gave her a forgiving smile and said, Of course, Valerie. Anything for you. Officer Todd glanced at the sloppily written address in the middle of the package. He couldn't help but notice the recipient's name was Eric. Eric Perry. The very name of the man who had requested the welfare check. A coincidence? Catching the officer's glance and thoughtful reaction, Valerie said, It's something my son needs to send back to the office. It's all business with him. Thank you, Phil. Phil nodded curtly to Officer Todd, pushed the package down in his large bag, and continued his route. The officer combed the neighborhood for Shay, never finding him. As he drove, he passed poor Phil three times, lugging that package around. That evening, Phil was quick to unload the package. He was eager to get rid of it something about it made him uneasy. He passed it onto the conveyor belt to get shipped overnight and did not look back. You made it out. Congratulations. If you enjoyed the story, please rate and review this podcast wherever you like to listen. Reviews are the best way to support the podcast and help it grow. If you want more creepy content, follow me on Instagram at The Warning Woods. If you feel ready, meet me here next week for another journey into The Warning Woods. Thank you for listening.